Greetings and salutations, one and all. It is Cinco de Mayo. Hey, hey, that's right. May 5th, 2020. We had baseball. That's right. Actual, honest-to-goodness baseball. Of course, you were probably sleeping during it much like I was because it was Korean baseball on ESPN. Yeah, there's a little bit of a time difference there. It's sort of, sort of singing like Bill and Joel sings in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. So, But it's a step in the right direction. It's much better than highlights from the stone-skipping competition or endless draft grades. Yes. How do we think? Did the Bucks get an A+, plus, an A, or an A- minus with their draft? This year, and just how upset still is Aaron Rodgers that they drafted Jordan Love in Green Bay? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, endless conjecture forthcoming on that up next. But, of course, as I bounce back, yes, right, baseball is, uh, of course, we'll get to the interesting realignment plan that they're going to do for real baseball. And, hey, let's get to that right now. You're in the zone, in the zone with the temper motormouth. Alrighty then, of course, the realignment plan. Uh, quick Rooney going through this. It's going to resemble the cactus and the grapefruit leagues. Instead of six divisions, it's going to be three gigantic ones. In the east, you have Orioles, Red Sox, Marlins, Mets, Yankees, Phillies, Pirates, Rays, Blue Jays, Nationals. In the central, you have Braves, Cubs, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Tigers, Royals, Brewers, Twins, and Cardinals. In the west, of course, you have Diamondbacks, Rockies, Astros, Angels, Dodgers, Athletics, Pirates, Giants, Mariners, and Rangers. And of course, Yankees, one of the teams that this realignment could help. Other teams, Cleveland Indians, originally forecasted only have a 43% chance to make up playoffs in 2020. Realignment would help them. The Athletics, yeah, right, the uh, team that won 97 games last year, returns. Oh, uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, change isn't always bad for some, good for others. Of course, the Brewers, who ended up undergoing a makeover, very big makeover this winter with all of the, with all the trades and everything. Uh, hey, you know, just uh, absolutely crazy. So the teams to watch, teams to watch: the Brewers, the Indians, and the A's. Uh, of course, along with the Yankees, that just <sighs> everything seems to help. No matter what, just just the evil empire. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I think for my final thoughts, well, uh, yeah, because finally watched the rise of Skywalker because uh, uh, Disney Plus ended up having it up there for the May the Fourth. Be with you. I haven't gotten to the new Clone Wars yet. Uh, I've only watched one or two episodes. I like what I've seen so far, but uh, I'll have my official The Rise of Skywalker little, little review at the end for uh, my final thoughts. Joel, Joel, Joel Verlin. 
And of course, we're talking about baseball. It's a, a sad story. Might be the where will college football go? And will we have college football? Because it's from Pro Football Talk on April 30th by Michael David Smith. Report NFL exploring Saturday games if college football delays the season from the article. The NFL has always steered clear of playing games on Saturdays during the college football season, but this year there may not be a college football season. The NFL might fill the void. NFL officials have discussed moving some games to Saturdays. If college football postpones or cancels its season, the New York Post reports those discussions have reportedly included the league's broadcast partners. The idea is that most games would still be played on Sundays, but a few games could move to Saturday. The Monday and Thursday night schedule would not be affected. This would happen only if there is no college football at all. On Saturdays, the NCAA has made no decisions about whether the college football season will start on time, but there's some sentiment that college football can only begin if it's safe to open college campuses to tens of thousands of students. The NFL may be able to start before college football, especially if games are played in empty stadiums. Any decision to move some games from Sunday to Saturday would likely not take place for a few months when it's clear whether the NFL and college seasons can start on time. And some of the responses you have, uh, one response, NFL playing chess, while the rest play checkers. Another response, college season much more likely to be canceled than the pro season wide numbers. 32 teams at 16 sites versus hundreds of teams across all divisions at hundreds of sites. Very good point. Another one, wouldn't be difficult to match two teams both heading into a bye to play Tuesday or Wednesday night if the NFL added a second bye week. The mid-season permutations become quite numerous. Another one of the school doesn't have on-campus classes going on in the fall. You can't have athletes come to campus. I have a feeling CFP season is going to be impacted much more than the NFL. I think we will have, both will have some sort of season, but I think the chances of the NFL's being more normal are better. Still can't see packing tens of thousands of people in any stadium, though. And uh, another long, uh, another long one. Blah blah blah. And see another uh, another one. This person says, "Add Saturdays. Anyone to screw college ball?" Well, uh, I think that's a little bit on the emotional side there. And the last one. I think the NCAA has 804 million reasons to let its student athletes play, even if school is closed. So. I tell you, it's, uh, just starting into May, wondering what the scope and s the expanse of sports will look like. <sighs> Still a whole lot of uncertainty out there about the only thing that's certain. I know NASCAR, NASCAR, that's, that's coming back, so it's a step towards normal. But uh, as we continue to walk the sports abyss. Maybe more like continue to fall would be a better verb to use there. And ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of a breaking news here on this afternoon podcast. As of course, 11.19 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 from 
ProFootballTech.com have signed one Frank Gore. This may definitely impact one Le'Veon Bell's snaps this season from ProFootballTalk.com, posted by Josh Alper. Jets head coach Adam Gase said recently that he wants to lighten the load on Le'Veon Bell this season. The team has found a running back to do that. Agent Drew Rosenhaus told PFT that the Jets are signing Frank Gore to a one-year contract in addition to providing experience hand behind Bell. The move marks a reunion for Gore and Gase. Gore played for Gase when Gase was the head coach in Miami. During the 2018 season, he ran for 156 times for 722 yards and then moved on to Buffalo last year. Gore ran 166 times for 599 yards and two touchdowns for the Bills. The coming season will be Gore's 16th NFL campaign and he comes in the year in third place in all-time rushing yards with more than 1,300 yards between him and Walter Payton. He needs to do a lot more than lighten Bell's load to move up another spot on the ladder and the very first comment is this guy is the real life energizer bunny he keeps on going and uh, you know your brain immediately had the picture of the energizer bunny from the commercial go boom 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 yep i know i did so i'm sure that you did yeah and uh, of course the next comment is welcome to new england next year i guess so should be interesting if you have one Le'Veon Bell high on your draft charts. Yeah, you might want to change that. Uh-huh. rounding third and headed for home. Yesterday through is a uh, yeah, it was definitely an interesting morning with a trip to the bank that uh, you know it's going to be an interesting uh, trip to the drive-through. Of course, there's no lobby. Drive-through is the only way you can deposit anything or get anything done. So you end up going up, and you know it's going to be a trip when you see the line. As you're coming into the entrance, that would be like the old song. And the line forms on the right, babe. Now that Mackie's back in town. Yeah, I don't know why that popped in my head. It just didn't. When the line is at the entrance, that's when you know it's going to be a hallelujah, holy bleep. Where's the Tylenol type moment? Kind of crazy, but yeah. So, But uh, have to hand it to the folks. They end up doing a very good job of directing traffic one lady who was I had to be the manager or assistant manager getting everyone to where they're going like what do you need to do okay well just go ahead and go there are we in the right space yep boom awesome and other than a lady in front of us who was taking like absolutely forever like yo stop asking questions and let's move it's like the uh, like Ken Shack well or waiting of course done so thank you to all of the bank tellers putting up with all of the craziness and all of the 40 gajillion deposits going on this week thank you i'm sure you're 
putting deposits in when you sleep. You're going, okay, yes, ready for the next verse. And I know that's sort of like when uh, I just remember from cashiering, you know, when you're doing PLUs in your sleep and you're scanning bananas absolutely endlessly. No, no, uh, no, no, ma'am, it's, it's not free if it doesn't scan. Yes, you know, possibly one of the most over-esque questions in retail. Right along with, hey, are you working hard or hardly working? Yeah, because nobody has ever asked me that one before. Right up there with when you're getting somebody, uh, hand somebody a uh, quarterback. They go, oh, that was a, that was a 1982. That was a good year. Huh. I tell you, so just uh, retail flashbacks. Oh, yeah. But, of course... Today being uh, May the 5th, yesterday was May the 4th, be with you, of course, a concocted holiday kind of out of nowhere that celebrates Star Wars and the entire franchise, and yes, that's right, last night, last night, finally, thank you, Disney Plus, finally got to see The Rise of Skywalker, and um, just a short one, since uh, I may or may not be doing another e even longer interview with the Flying Ryan at uh, some future time. But uh, just initial reactions. Uh, it, once you get past the one or two glaring, slightly glaring plot holes, that number one, how is Palpatine still alive when he died twice? Number one, in Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader threw his ass down that thing leading to the reactor, and he died. And then if he wasn't dead already from that, the entire installation Death Star that he was on, that his body was on after he expired, then blew up when the Millennium Falcon did a push, push, push thing to the reactor core of the second Death Star, and it went kaflooey, taking the body of the then already deceased Palpatine with it. Yeah, that's right. So, and also if the Death Star blew up, how can it be on the surface of a planet that they can go through the wreckage? Uh, although I guess you could say somehow because it was in the orbit of Endor that not all of it was destroyed in the blast and some of it survived and it was pulled down by the gravity of Endor if depending upon whatever Endor's gravity was or was not. I don't think that was ever mentioned in the movie. I think it was like an Earth-like planet, so think Earth-like gravity. But yeah, that, that just also kind of... How is most of the Death Star on the planet when it blew up in space? I mean, just didn't break off. Part of it goes to the planet. Part of it blew... It freaking blew up. So th those those two things were huge, major plot holes. Yeah, still, the movie itself was good, but still two glaring, glaring plot holes. The, how is Palpatine still alive when he died and then was blown up into oblivion? 
And then how is the Death Star somehow most of it fell so you can find this thing that they were looking for to find the fleet of Star Destroyers? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Other than those two minor, <coughs> minor, my, the word minor said in the sarcasm font, uh, my, minor, minor, little, little plot holes, little, small, little details, so, <sighs> still, overall, I think once you turn your brain off about that, and also light speed skipping, okay, I, they never did that before, and uh, it was just like, you constantly come up with new crap that pulling out of our posterior. Oh, wait, you, yeah, okay, yeah. It was, it was visually, it was interesting, and it was uh, visually pleasing, but I don't know, just you logistically, you're like, light speed skipping? Okay. And my other thought is, uh, Ray is just too OP for me. Just, uh, it, it, she, she's like a character who downloaded the mods and has all of the cheats turned on. You know, God Mode, Invulnerability, you know, Endless Stanima, you know, Mana never runs out, you know, just just never, just always has the, the, the maximum power of the Force available, just... Some of the things she does in the movies is just like, you know, you're like, man, that's a cool scene, but you're like, okay, how realistic is it? Now, granted, we're talking about a movie that's science fiction, you have the force, that's magic, but I don't know. I just thought that generally, Ray is too OP of a character. Just seriously. It's like, she, uh, so I mean, I just, I don't want to say anymore, in case you're one of the few, like, me that maybe you still actually haven't seen it, or you don't want to see it, and you may see it if somebody like ties you up in a chair, forces you to watch it. But it 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 was better. It was, it was way better than the Last Jedi. Way, 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 way better than the Last Jedi. Uh, I think the Force Awakens. In some cases, was better than Rise of Skywalker. Other ways, Rise of Skywalker was better than The Force Awakens. It's still, still no last fight scene. Either one of the new trilogy, either Force Awakens, Last Jedi, or, or even Rise of Skywalker was better than the Rogue One final fight. Because, yeah, I know. That by and large, Rogue One itself, yeah, kind of choppy up until the end, uh, and then yeah, even the end after the fight, just you know, you know, what a what a depressing way. But still, Rogue One has the best the fight on Scarif, on Scarif, and the dogfight above Scarif to try to take out the Shield Gate. Still, that one was the best fight out of all three of the new trilogy movies. Best fight, Rogue One. 
Force Awakens, okay. Last Jedi, it resembled Empire Strikes Back, so the last fight was in fact actually the first fight at the beginning, and that fight was good, except for the fact when how do the bombs fall when there's no gravity in space? Okay, I've gone on far too long about that, but uh, that wraps up my just brief initial thoughts upon finally being able to view the rise of Skywalker all altogether in and of itself in and of itself as a film pretty good film other than the two of course glaring plot holes uh, how the bleep is Palpatine is still alive he's all the Sith whatever that means and of course two how the heck is the Death Star still even partially intact on a planet? How? So, well, we'll see as we have a, also have some new Star Trek apparently coming up. There's another Star Wars series that's unnamed that nobody knows anything about, but apparently there's a new Star Wars series coming up. So, okay. We don't know anything about it, but it exists. Guess it can't be better than or worse than Picard. Oh boy, yeah. I'll save that for another podcast at another time to start talking about here. Which do I think is worse? Discovery or Picard? Yeah, I tried to get through. Ah. What are you, Kurtzman? What are you doing to the Star Trek franchise? Good. God. Okay. Anyway, but uh, of course, anywho, that's uh, that's uh, it for me for this time. As uh, we're looking to get uh, back, and uh, I think I've found something that uh, helps me with the whole podcast recording thing. Uh, stumbled upon a new program that I hadn't ever found before, and so far I definitely like using this. It's kind of a audio version. Of, uh, of Camtasia. So I'm like, I like that. You know, you, you're sitting there, you're doing a track, you absolutely screw the pooch with it. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. It's like instant, bing, hey, it's done. We can do a do-over and just put it right in the same space and we don't have to do the whole bleeping thing again because usually that's what happens when you're like, okay, so yeah, oh, crap, we have to do everything over again. Take 1,500 and action. Uh, bleep. Not this bleep again. Yeah, so anyway. Okay, so I've already tangented off of my tangent that I started with the initial tangent for my final thoughts, but I believe I covered the rise of Skywalker. Or actually, oh, and you have to do it. Yeah, got to, got to get, got to get a little chewy in there. So, man, it kind of, kind of crazy. That's the last. Last of the whole, unless of course they reboot a whole new, it'll be a new, a new entire trilogy. A new entire trilogy about Jar Jar. Yes, there we go. 
that's the new trilogy that Star Wars needs to make. Misa thinks so. How would a new trilogy about Jar Jar? There we go. Three whole movies about uh, Jar, Jar, Jar Jar's childhood, what happened that he ended up getting in trouble with Boss Nass, and then, of course, how he ended up rising to become Representative Banks of place. <laughs> I mean, there, there are worse movie ideas out there, right? Oh, that's what we need, folks. A whole trilogy around Jar Jar Binks. And with that, because we can't get any more ridiculous or even ridiculous than that, that's it for me. You are still you, unless, of course, you're so, if you're somebody else, in which case, please seek help. Amidiamente. And I am G to the O, to the N, to the E. Ciao for now, and I'm going.